The Beehive Sports Podcast is powered by Swing Juice. Visit swingjuice.com and use promo code BEEHIVE20 for 20% off your golf and MLB apparel. Shop Swing Juice, support the Beehive Sports Podcast. Swing Juice, wear it, feel it, play it. Welcome everybody to episode 25. On today's episode, we are going to have some college football week one reactions. Uh, the NFL's here, finally. We've all been waiting patiently. And we're going to provide some takes on uh, the upcoming week. Uh, the standard 10 historical sports facts so we can quench Kylie's thirst for knowledge. We got some Bishop Sycamore follow-up. Mark Few, Gonzaga head coach, arrested for DUI. And we're going to discuss the deaths of two former NFL players. Then we're going to wrap it up in the My Hive mailbag, talking about some game day traditions. Let's go. Welcome to episode 25. I uh, hope everybody enjoyed the live. We were pretty excited to do that. Uh, I think it went pretty well for the first time. Feel free to file all questions, comments, concerns, grievances, uh, yeah. whatever you may have about Ideas, it. Ideas, whatever. Ideas, we're yeah. We're trying. <laughs> it was our first go at it. I think it went pretty good. Yeah, I do too. And it was fun. It was fun. Hopefully, we comments do some, and, hopefully I'm excited to do some more of it. Yeah. Uh, we're going to try and do those uh, each time we record each week, like I said, so we can do the... Uh, and like I said, the audio for that will be uploaded. It'll be uploaded before this episode. So if you're looking at the episode list, it will be in between 24 and 25. Uh, you'll be able to see that and listen to the audio. I think I'm pretty sure I'm capable of doing that. I just have to uh, just do it. So uh, real quick before we get started. Major announcement. Family services of Warren County and the Warren County CAC, which is the Children's Advocacy Center, are collaborating to present a charity softball tournament called the one where we play softball for the kids. So uh, the Friends logo, you know, Friends, where it's like yeah, the one where okay. she, like all the girls are doing that for their birthday now, like the yeah. one where she turns 30. This like, is this is like the 18th, like next weekend? It is. September 17th, 18th, yeah. 19th. Okay, I did hear about Of this, the year yeah. 2021. It is a co-ed tournament with an eight men, two female format. Uh, the cost on the flyer says 350 but... Don Big Shaft Brown posted it is now two fifty. So, oh really? Take Don's word for it. Maybe I don't know. I wonder if the payout's still the same. They, they, they're because they're also doing a payout for it. Yes, first place takes home seven fifty. Second place takes home three fifty. Now I wonder if that's going to change if the payout changes. But. Now it says registration is due no later than Friday, September tenth, which is a couple days from now. Uh, home run bracelets. Raffle baskets, 50-50 tickets, T-shirts, and bracelets will be available for purchase. Contact Kendall Arnold at 814-723-1330 or email her at k arnold. that's K-A-R-N-O-L-D, 
N-O-L-D, at fswc.org. You can register either way by calling or by email. Again, this is at Betts Park in Warren County. Uh, For you Erie listeners or New York listeners, uh, if you're able to get a team in, it's for a great cause. Uh, Just so everybody knows, the CAC is actually, because a lot of people don't know what the CAC is, and they should, because we, as a police department, deal with them frequently. Uh, They are basically, uh, if a child is a victim or a witness to something, maybe traumatic, uh, that is where they are taken for what's called a forensic interview and they do a fantastic job. They're trained specifically to interview children. So it's not like bald tattoo police officer coming and talking to the kid with a gun and, you know, all that intimidating kind of stuff. Well, the bald and tattoos isn't really intimidating gun is, but uh, no, it's a great, great place. They, they do really, really great work. And so that charity uh, or the, the cause is great. So again, that's, September, what I say, 17th, 18th, 19th, Betts Park, Charity Softball, co-ed, 8-2 format, eight men, two women, and we have uh, cash prizes. So get your team in. Uh, softball's winding down. This will probably be one of the final tournaments of the year. So if you're active in the sport, it's a good time to get one last hack around the field. Uh, if you will. So, moving into the show, we're going to start off with some college football week one reactions. It was awesome. It was just so good having a full slate of games, and it smelled like football outside. It just fucking made me so happy all day long. <laughs> it smelled like football it did. outside. It just smells different. So, I was, like, happy. Uh, so, a couple of the games we're going to touch on. Clemson, I don't think... Clemson's that good. Uh, you, oh God. I yesterday learned how to pronounce their quarterback's last name. Cause <laughs> it, I don't, is, it is a tough one. I cause care. I don't want Wayne Oaks coming on the Facebook page and busting my balls <laughs> for using abbreviations. So it's a uh, ukulele, ukulele, ukulele. Oh, you're screwed. Fuck. Wayne's coming. Wayne's for coming it. for me for sure. <laughs> Anyways, not Trevor Lawrence. That's what we're going to call him. <laughs> so not Trevor Lawrence was 19 for 37, 178 yards and zero touchdowns. One pick against Georgia. Now, granted, Georgia's a really good team. Clemson's still a good football team. There's no doubt about that. Um, but Lawrence had the ability to beat good teams, and I don't know that this guy does. Uh, a lot of people don't remember, but Clemson played Notre Dame twice last year. And then one game, which was the first game in November, they got beat 47 to 40 with not Trevor Lawrence as his quarterback. Now move into the next time they play him, which was a playoff and Trevor Lawrence, you know, did Trevor Lawrence shit <laughs> and they smoked them. So I just, I know there was a lot of uh, talk that this guy was, pretty legit and he i mean i'm sure he is yeah and it's one game we'll it's see, one game but but, but uh, yeah i obviously i wouldn't expect him to be that level either no I mean, they, trevor lawrence they're definitely is, taking yeah, a step like back, noted as a prodigy assume. for sure right. so but yeah clemson 
uh, could be in some trouble. But I, mean, I, I also one don't, ex- don't expect them to be this bad at either. Georgia's got a really good defense. And I don't think a two-loss team's ever made the playoffs, though. Right. So yeah. Clemson's got to win out now. Yeah, probably. Already. That's tough. Georgia's good, though. I, mean, I, don't know lost, what, I don't know what their remaining schedule is, but I don't either. And so it's and it's ACC, so it's very likely they could win out yeah. because their conference is pretty much shit except for them. Uh, My, Miami, I think Miami's better than what they showed Saturday. Well, that that'll be a decent game for they them. They didn't. Probably, but. Uh, so that's actually what we're moving into next. Did you watch the Alabama game? Some. I mean, there wasn't much to watch. Bryce because, Young. Is smooth. Yeah, he is really good. Yeah, and like I think I'm calling it right now. He wins the Heisman this year. He's good. Yeah, he is really, really good. And I was just watching like just something that like stood out to me was like his footwork and how he moves around. It was just so such a flow to it. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, granted, there is also some plays where I saw him standing, uh, basically flat footed. Like remember that meme when Allen when the Bills were playing the Cowboys a couple years ago and that one play where Allen just Mm -hmm. stood flat footed for like two Mm -hmm. three seconds uh, I saw a lot of that going on keep in mind Bryce Young has an offensive line all of which will be in the NFL (laughs) like they're you know the an all-american offensive line but he was 37 for or I'm sorry 27 for 38 four touchdowns no picks uh, and he dropped 44 points on the number 14 team in the country. Yeah, that's what's crazy about – I mean, Bama just goes out and plays it. a good football team. And that They make them look like they're playing Georgia Southern or yeah. something. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I, that's what – the only thing that I don't love about college football right now is it's so – It's the like gap. there's there's it's so top-heavy that yeah. it's like it's worse than the NBA right, right. now. <laughs> because, yeah, I, I'm looking at like – from number five down, it'd be tough for me to say any of those teams could Have give a Alabama a game. Right. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to argue that to extend the playoff when it's as top heavy right. as it is right now. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, because we why all why would you see extend it. the playoff? We all want to see it, but at the same time, if it's do just you really be... want to see Bama play in a number UCF? eight seed? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that's going to be <laughs> yeah in a playoff game like. No. Yeah, I mean, they'd be having starters out at halftime, probably. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's yeah. like. So, yeah, Bryce Young, wow. Uh, that's my already pick. I'm I'm calling him Heisman winner. We'll see what happens, but that's who I. Yeah, I didn't watch the time. He's just, just, slow, because just so smooth. He doesn't up. run a lot either, and he can, but he had like two rushes for like minus one yard because of a sack, I would assume, that wasn't a sack. He turned into a runner. You mm-hmm. know how they. They yeah. handle that stat somehow yeah. like that. Right. Um, yeah, I watched. I watched the beginning of the game, and then they jumped up like seven, three scores real quick. Yeah, and there was just so many other games on. Yeah, it. I was like, like I'm going to flip a little this, flip something to, <laughs> yeah. that's closer. Yeah. Uh, so we did obviously our NFL show. I'm going to give a little bit of my thoughts on some college football, not necessarily like specific games, but. Well, actually, it would be specific games. But two teams I want people to watch. If you like trends in sports betting, two teams who I think will maybe combined cover the spread, I'll say three times, and we'll check that at the end of the year. I say these two teams will cover the spread 
three times. I think they're the two worst teams in college football. And I think they're so bad that it's like not even remotely close. Kansas and UConn. So Kansas, I'm telling you right now, I don't know if they'll cover the spread all year. They just failed to cover. They were uh, six-point favorites. Wait, hold on. I think I wrote this down. No, I'm sorry. They were 11.5-point favorites over South Dakota, who's an FCS team. And they won by three. And the crowd in Kansas stormed the field. <laughs> True story. Is Les Miles still – is he, he – I don't know who their coach is. Because he went there, I think, at one point yeah. after he left LSU. Yeah, I'm not sure if he's there. And I don't think so. Because, I mean, they've been terrible for three years in a row. Mm-hmm. Look that up real quick. Uh, so, yeah, the fans stormed the field after a three-point win against an FCS team. They're bad. If you're into betting college football, watch to see who Kansas is playing every year. Not a bad idea to throw uh, a wager against them. Uh, as far as the spread goes. No, last year was his last year. So now UConn, they have a new coach. who I also said is terrible. UConn was three-point favorites over Holy Cross. You know, Holy Cross football? Yeah, we're all familiar I with it. I think they play. I think they're on Bishop Sycamore's schedule. So Holy, Holy Cross uh, beat them by 10. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Immediately following the game, head coach Randy Edsel says that he plans on stepping down following this season. The next day he resigned. So he's done. So so what I'm saying with UConn is they're horrible, but there tends to be this other trend where when a coach is fired, uh, next man up, you know, whoever they appointed, I don't even know who it was, their interim coach. Uh, players sometimes seem to like rally, rally yeah. a little bit. So uh, I haven't looked to see who they're playing this week, but just note that if you're going against UConn, just bet against Kansas. I'm going to. We'll lose together. We'll win together. I think we'll mostly win together because they're complete dog shit. Uh, UConn, same thing. But like I said, let's – I might stay away this week, depending on who they're playing, just because of the new coach thing. And sometimes, like I said, sometimes players get a little amped up about that. Uh, Another team that I'm keeping my eye on, not because they suck, but because I think this program's completely getting turned around, UCLA. Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly. I was going to bring this one up if you didn't. Chip Kelly – Basically, fires, you know, did a fire sale when he first got there, got the people in that he wanted, got the people, the players in that he wanted, and they have, uh, they destroyed um, whoever they played first. I can't remember. But then just took it to LSU mm-hmm. in, in LA uh, in an 11 point win over an SEC team. Uh, Coward had a really good take. On this, did you see that by chance? Mm-hmm. He said that this was the coaching mismatch. He said there was not a bigger coaching mismatch in all of college football this past week. Chip Kelly and Coach O. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says that basically it was just like Chip Kelly's this innovator, whereas Coach O is just classic standard mm-hmm. football. Uh, but 
yeah, I, that's just another team that I'm going to watch because Chip Kelly's putting them on the map real mm-hmm. quick. And the, there's, I mean, it, it's like watching Oregon, whatever, six, seven, eight years ago, whenever Chip was coaching there. Right. So something to watch because they could, uh, they're what, Pac-12. So, they, I mean, they got some good competition, but they could run away with that conference. Mm-hmm. Easy. Mm-hmm. Solid team. Uh, one last from me. Do you have any college notes that you can think of? Do your last one. Okay. My last one is uh, the most embarrassing game of the week. Oh, I'm sorry. I have two more things. The most embarrassing game of the week. Number 20, Washington, loses to FCS Montana Grizzlies. Uh, they are – the Grizzlies are the first FCS team – to beat an FBS ranked opponent since 2016. So Washington, uh, and I think they have, they actually have a tough game this week. So it'll be interesting to see how a ranked team responds. I don't even know if they're still ranked. They shouldn't be. You fucking lose to Montana. Who the hell goes there? Right. Hikers. Hikers. That's who goes to Montana. There ain't no fucking athletes going there. So Montana, yeah, beats Washington. Last thing I have. So I called the Heisman. Does does college football do a comeback player of the year? I don't know. Honestly. Like I know the NFL does. Right. I don't know if college football does. Yeah, but if college football does. I'm predicting that one, too. I predicted Bryce Young-Heisman. I'm predicting Mackenzie Milton, comeback player of the year. Did you watch him at all, Florida State? Mm -mm. Okay, so do you know his story? Nope. Mackenzie Milton was the quarterback at UCF in three seasons, had 72 touchdowns and 8,000 yards passing in three seasons at UCF. That's really good. Mm-hmm. 72 touchdowns. So you probably played with Gabe Davis. Yes. Uh, no. No. Well, maybe. Early in Gabe Davis's career because he hasn't played there since 2018. Mackenzie Milton hasn't. Here's why. Suffers a like career-threatening leg and knee injury. Okay. I remember when the UCF kid had right. a so, bad leg injury. Right. So, I mean, literally was told you're never playing football again it is not gonna happen uh that was november 23rd against south florida he injures that's november 23rd 2018 south florida leg and knee injury career's over right Mm -hmm. wrong he gets a surgeon team together they stitch him back up put him together nice and neat uh he transfers to florida state he didn't start the game against Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. But when the other quarterback was struggling, they bring him in, marches him down the field, punches one in the end zone, completing passes. His surgeon actually came to this game in the event that he might get some playing time because he wanted to see it for his own eyes. His mom was in the stands, latched on to dad, just hysterically crying ugly crying mm-hmm. the entire time that when he went into the game it's a cool story that is cool so yeah this is like so the you had like alex, alex smith, smith yeah correct yeah it's like the right. alex smith version of college football so uh and and i mean they took you know notre dame into ot 
Yeah. At, at one point, they were down 18. And yeah, Milton, in the fourth, I think in the fourth quarter. Right. Because Pelly and I were watching it at my house. This was, this was what, Monday night? This was... I think it was Monday night. Jeez, when was it? I think it was Monday. I think it was on Labor Day. I think it was Monday night. That sounds right. No, no it Monday was night Sunday was night. It was, yeah. yeah, Monday night was Louisville. Yeah, it was Sunday night. Uh, Ole Miss. Definitely was Sunday night. But either yep. way, we we turned it off. And he texted me when he got home. We I don't remember what we started watching. We watched. He's like, uh, that game went into overtime. And I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was because of Milton coming in on offense and, and wow. it turned things around. Yeah. So, so I didn't actually see. We were watching a lot of the game and then we turned the coach it Coach hasn't committed, but I would say expect him to be starting this coming week, I would think. Uh it was it was super impressive. So uh, as far as college football goes, that's all I had. Uh, if you have, do you have anything college wise? Um, nothing too crazy. Uh, I thought that um, Sam Howell had a pretty. He's like one of the top, like going into the draft this year, the UNC quarterback, right? Who played like? Yeah, he threw three interceptions. Yes. That's, UNC, good, that's a good one to bring UNC, up. UNC, yeah. who they're ranked number 10, the yeah, lost to unranked Virginia Tech this week. Yep. Yeah, he threw three interceptions. Um, so, I mean, that's something to watch there because he's supposed to be yeah, he was maybe like the top, top three. Top, wasn't yeah, he? yeah. Yeah. If not the top quarterback coming out in this draft. So, that's something to watch there. Um, I thought Minnesota played pretty tough against Ohio State. They did. Um, they did. Their running back was real impressive. Yep. He had like 180 yards rushing and three touchdowns. Yeah, so. Ohio State was held to task in their game too, for yeah, sure. They pulled away at the end, but right. but uh, yeah, they were Minnesota played them tough. They did. That's about. I just that was about it. Yeah, that's no. Those are. Uh, I w- I was cheering against Ohio State because I typically do, mm-hmm. but no. Good game. Uh, Penn State wins. That was cool. Yeah, that was we the like other Penn one. State, yeah. So, yeah, against uh, a good Wisconsin team. Their offense, I think, for both of those teams was a little. It was a it was a defensive struggle that game. Yes, very yeah, similar was, to the Georgia it was Clemson tough to game. watch. Wasn't it zero? It was zero zero going into halftime. It's the first Big Ten game. I'm gonna get the year wrong. I can't because I can't. I want to say it was 2014. It's the first Big Ten game that went zero zero into the half since like 2014 or something. Yeah, I think Penn State had like two yards rushing at half. Yeah, they did. It was yeah, it was yeah, it was a poor showing, but the adjustments, whatever they made, you know, they came out and I think marched it right down the field. Their first. They had a couple big plays. Yeah, that um the one Dotson. Yeah, he got loose a couple times, and honestly, um, I can't. Penn State's quarterback now. Clifford. Clifford missed him like twice too. Clifford the big That Dotson kid got loose a few times. I did he, see that. He yeah, hit he him he hit him. him once for a touchdown and then he overthrew him once when he was wide open. That I that kid looks pretty good, that Dotson yeah, kid. I would agree. Uh yeah, so we're gonna move on to a little bit of NFL. Uh this was a great story that came out. Mac Jones was teaching Cam Newton the playbook. Did you see that? No. Okay, so Rob Ninkovich, the former Patriots player, uh, was in an interview, I don't know, with who or with what. Right. But uh, they were discussing, you know, that situation out there with Belichick choosing to go with the rookie. Mm-hmm. And Ninkovich said that the sources that he has inside that building, which he did not name, told him that 
it, when it came down to it, Mac was essentially teaching Cam stuff that was in the playbook that he just couldn't pick up on himself. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. I don't know. I, I don't really have a whole lot to say about it, I guess, except for, well, that's why you don't have a job now. If you can't learn the plays, uh, they're going to select the guy who can because that is essential in running an offense. <laughs> right. It's just, fuck, that's literally step one. Right? Yeah. Like, read the instructions. Maybe Cam doesn't ask for directions. Maybe he's that guy. I'll figure it out. Uh, Should have swallowed his pride. Maybe studied a little bit. <laughs> oh, the NFL has announced. I was debating on whether I was going to talk about this or not, but I'm going to. Uh, the NFL has announced that they're permitting players to use their social justice messages on their helmets again. So from what I saw, well, at least what will be stenciled on the field is end racism and it takes all of us. Agree with both of those statements. I'm fine if they want to put those two things on the back of their helmets. Get the message out there. Uh, if there's idiots who still, you know, fall into the trap of that which i find comical at this point especially like if you're a sports fan how can you be a racist sports fan how's that possible yeah i don't what team I don't would even, you cheer for yeah, there it's a mix of every race and all in in every well all right maybe not nhl but like you can't be a pro football fan and be racist at the same time you're either one or the other because I like I think every jersey I've owned since I was ten has been a black guy, except for Kyle Williams. That was the only one. So I'm fine with all of this. The problem I have is if they start throwing uh putting names on the back of player of people who they're trying to, you know, raise up to be heroes. When you have guys like Marquise Pouncey, who wore the name on the back of his helmet prior to knowing anything about it, then he researched who the guy was and what took place and was like, oh, okay. So this was a justifiable shooting, and uh, that guy was in the wrong. I'm not going to condemn a police officer for doing his job. So I could appreciate that about Pouncey, but um, there's definitely some names that they chose who – these guys aren't thinking about it, but who have victimized people and now they have to turn on their TV and see the names like thrown in their face of people who have hurt them. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. And I actually saw a post that says, how about you throw the thir names of the 13 fallen soldiers on your helmet? Which I think would be a classy move, but I think the NFL keeps their military appreciation to like what a month or a week something like that yeah i don't know they do that i don't the, i don't even pay attention the to camo the stuff i stick to the sports <laughs> that's what i try to but when I, you, it's just too much it is too much i agree with you <laughs> so what do you got for baseball oh well i i mean there's some more nfl if we want to talk oh yeah about go on bit. yeah um let's hear it i the well one big thing is the tj watt com Contract oh, yeah. situation. Yes. Might not play this Sunday. Yeah, I Man, mean, yeah, it's up in the air a little bit. But Wouldn't that just be a total <laughs> bummer? 
he didn't play this <laughs> right, week. Right, right, for sure. I mean, yeah, I had that. Um, yeah, so I mean, we'll see what's going on there. It seems like it's it's uh, like Rappaport and stuff. We're saying that they've reached a critical point in it and stuff. And I don't know exactly what it all means, but it's they're. I saw. Uh, Ian's video he did yesterday where he said they're hoping to have a deal in place, but the the way the Steelers organization works is their game one deadline. They do not negotiate during the season, which I actually like. Mm -hmm. I like that move Mm -hmm. because it keeps players focused on, you know, the goal, which is to win. So, I can I can appreciate that strategy, but it may end up not working in their favor in this regard if he ends up sitting out all year, right? Because that's a that's your best player on defense sitting out, right? That's your Aaron Donald, right? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. And that's the type of contract he probably wants, and probably, he wants more. Probably, from right. what he Rappaport wants to be the says, highest, highest paid, paid defender, yep. highest paid defensive player yep. is what he wants. Right? Yep, that's what I've heard too. So, and on and yeah, I mean the. I mean, he's played like it the last two or three years. So, I mean, it's funny how people's like uh, opinions can change on stuff like that, too, because I was talking to my dad on the phone yesterday and I've always been kind of the same way. Like, I understand why athletes make what they make, like NFL players, because of revenue and the money that they bring in. Like, it's there. Yeah. They can spend it because yeah. they have that much money. Yeah, it, uh, it, it, it's funny to me, the people that get mad about the players but owners are making billions. Right. And why aren't you mad at the owners? Right. I, like so. So you side with the owners? Yeah. You want? You think players should make less so that the owners make more? Like that doesn't make sense either. I, I think that the <laughs> owners should make more because they are the owner. Like if I owned a company, right? I right. Would, but but I but I guess but what I, I'm getting at is you, the you players need to earn, pay them handsomely. Yeah, the players. Right. It, it's not like they aren't earning. Like. I, it's just funny to me that you think that the billionaire owners should be making even more money. Yeah. <laughs> I no, guess. I, 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 like that part, I do think. Like, I just think when, owners, if you own a brand or something, you should probably make the most money. But right. Yeah. Mean, it, they're going to regardless. Right. I guess it's just the people that complain about players making all these millions. Right. You're, so what, so what are you, what are you saying? You're saying you side yeah. with these billionaire owners then? Yeah. Like, well, I just want know, them like, to make even more money. The the example I was getting at was that like I talked with my dad yesterday and I know there's been like times like with like uh I can't think of any Steelers players specifically off the top of my head, but just contract issues have come up. And I, I know that like in past conversations I've heard my dad go, Well, he ain't worth it. We don't need to pay him that much money. Let him go. And then yesterday I told him about the TJ Watt thing, which I was surprised he didn't know about it because he follows the Steelers real close. Mm-hmm. But he hadn't heard about this, and I told him, and he was like, "Would you fucking pay him? What are you? What are you waiting for? We need that guy." It was just so funny, like, right? How, yeah, to see. just uh, like depending it, on who it it's is. all about level of skill, yeah, right? Yeah. For sure, because I mean, he is—he's the best. He's the most. Second most disruptive player on a defensive line. Right. Behind yeah. Donald. He has been for the last two or three years yeah. anyway, for sure. I mean, he's been phenomenal. So, I mean, he's earned it. I mean, I I think, you know, he's he, he, they're going to have to pay him. I mean, I, mean, I would think. Yeah, they're they going to have to trade him something. if they want, I guess. But it seems crazy. Trade him to Buffalo. <laughs> uh, and also, on the Steelers note, Le'Veon Bell signed. 
signs uh, with the Ravens. Ravens practice squad. I think yeah. we meant, made mention of it in the. Yeah, so he's on his fourth team now. Yeah, and has not found success since he was a Steeler. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this is, might even be a no news thing. He might be out of the league soon. Really? The well, way. they said I did see that they signed him to the practice squad with the intent of promoting him like soon. Mm-hmm. So I think he does play this year, okay. but it's just like that guy just has completely lost it. I just think he had such a good thing going in Pittsburgh and the way they used him. I mean, he was a top three fantasy pick a couple seasons, right? But that's what happens with running backs. They're so, vol- so vile, t- yeah, volatile. That's, that's They're here and gone so fast. Yeah. And I think you can very well see that with guys. Like if Saquon's one more injury away from being that. Yeah. I think. I think so too. And, and that's why... I've said for years, you don't take running back that high in the draft because yep. they're just so volatile. Yeah. Like, and you can get guys like in the later rounds that, who are just as effective. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you'll but, end up like, you know, having them on a cheaper rookie deal than you will mm-hmm. Saquon. Right. Exactly. Right. It's, yeah, it's just nuts, but it's just a crazy position and you see guys just disappear that quickly. Yeah. And it's, it's crazy, but. That's what happens, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, there's not a whole lot else. I just want that Watt thing was I like, anything baseball? Yeah, we got we got baseball winding down. We got a few weeks left. I uh, Astros have extended their lead to six and a half over the the Mariners. I yep, didn't realize six and a half. Yeah, I mean, I've been paying attention. Like, I'm not like in the dark baseball wise, but Jesus, like, I thought the A's were like nipping at the Astros' heels, mm-hmm. and then. Two nights ago, well, they beat the Mariners now two games in a row. But when they did it two nights ago, the alert pops up and it says Astros extend their uh, division lead. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, the A's must have lost two because mm-hmm. they're playing the Mariners. And I look, the Mariners are in second place. Yeah. When the happen? A's are right there. Uh, it's been that way, honestly. Um, the, and the only reason I knew was at the trade deadline when the Mariners were buyers. I, oh, that's I true. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Although yeah. they did trade Graveman, but which was really weird, and that's why the players got so upset. Yeah, but they otherwise they were buyers, and I didn't realize. I was like, wait, why are the Mariners buying? And then I looked at the standings. I was like, holy oh, shit! They have, I was like, they're, they're making a push. They're, yeah, they were like, they're like two or three games out of the wild card, and I was like, oh, I didn't even realize. So at that at the beginning of August, I did know that it was the only reason I say that. But Oakland's right there too. They're seven back. They're only a half game behind Seattle, so they are right there too. Um, but yeah, I went through the standings because I kind of needed my own refresher on it with a couple weeks left. So I was kind of glad to do this to see where everything's at. But yeah, um, we'll start with the National League. Um, the NL East is going to is a going to be a tough race down the stretch. Atlanta is up two and a half on Philly, and the Mets are uh, four back of Atlanta. So and Atlanta losing Acuna. And stuff this year that was to for them they made some trades they still went for and it Ozuna and Ozuna yes correct he hasn't played yet either yep. since he but they went out domestic. and got Jock Jock Patterson from the yeah Cubs. Jock Peterson who and, I hate and they got Jorge Soler from the Royals and uh, in and they've stuck in oh and they got um Adam Duvall back from the Marlins I just was sitting here thinking about how much I hate Jock Peterson <laughs> ever since the 2017 World Series his face just frustrates the shit out of me for some reason I hate, and his name's Jock and it's J-O-C God there's so many things wrong but with yeah that's going to be a tough race there in the NL East um, and Atlanta's been surprising with with uh, what they you know with like you said losing the, those two guys um, 
the NL Central is pretty – Milwaukee's pretty much got that sewed up. They're 11 games up on Cincinnati. There's like there's like 20 to 25 games left for everybody when I went through it. Yeah, I would say Milwaukee's going to cruise. Um, the NL West is going to be a tough race out there between San Francisco and the Dodgers. Um, Where's the Padres? The Padres are 15 games behind them. What? Yeah. Are they going to make the playoffs? They are currently tied for, for the second wild card spot. And they're 15 games behind. So San Francisco. Potentially San three Fran- wild cards. San Francisco has the teams. best record in the majors. So three teams in the playoffs coming from the NL West. Possibly. Possibly. Um, San Francisco is 89 and 50. The Dodgers are 80, 88 and 51. And they just finished a series against each other. So they're only one game ahead of the Dodgers right now. So that's going to be a good race. The other one will be a wild card team. Right. Um, for sure. W- right. Like Which, locked in. So that you're looking at if the, if one of those teams win that wild card game, they could play each other in the first round. That'd be cool. Dodgers Giants. Yeah. So that'll be cool. Yeah. But yeah. And then in the wild card for the NL, yeah, we have obviously Dodgers because they're a game back are leading the wild card. San Diego and Cincinnati are currently tied for the second wild card spot. Um, Philly is two games back. The Cardinals are three and a half, and the Mets are three and a half back. Okay. Now the Mets. Big thing with the Mets that I did note is Degrom has is still not come back. They say his el- everything's fine with his arm structurally and stuff. Waiting for him to come back. Don't know. There's seems like there's. I don't know what's going on there exactly. I wonder if they're but almost a, holding out to in hopes of making the playoffs and bringing them back. Yeah, and just rest being, them until and being cautious about yeah. it. Yeah, I don't. That's a huge play though. If it's a huge comes, risk. Yeah, if he comes back, I mean, that's a huge boost for them. But um, uh, also last night, speaking of the Padres, last night Blake Snell um took a no hitter into the seventh inning, and they ended up losing the game to oh. the Angels. To the Angels. Yes. Yep, to the Angels, who are darn near eliminated from the playoffs. They're they're nine games back of the wild card. So they're not out, but, I mean, they would need to go on a heck of a run. Otani and Trout are just doomed. (laughs) Well, Trout's Trout's definitely doomed. He's there for, like, the next— And he's out right now. I mean, he's injured. And they don't—there's been talks about maybe coming back, but— He gets hurt a lot. Who? Trout. Gets hurt a lot? Yeah. When he hurt— he missed some time last year too, didn't he? I don't think much. Or the year before, maybe not. In the I don't think he's been hurt a lot. That's why his numbers are so like he's on pace to like. Oh, I thought he gets hurt a lot. No, he's Either on way, pace he's to, like, to like to like tie all these tie, or like get, be close to all the like bon- like all the big time records because he's been consistently healthy actually. Oh. But but yeah, I maybe maybe last year I think he might have missed a little time too. Maybe, so maybe just you're thinking the last couple of years. Yeah, but, I just feel like he misses some games. He did, the like the first 10 years, he barely missed anything, I know. He's been in 10 years already? He's getting close to that, Jesus. yeah. Dude, he ain't even that he's old. Probably when he started, when he was 15? He was in the league when he was like 20 or 21, yeah. Damn. Uh, AL East, Tampa has a pretty big lead. They have the second right there with the Dodgers. Same record as the yeah. Dodgers, 88 and 51. They're nine and a half ahead of the Yankees and 10 ahead of the Red Sox. Red Sox have kind of fallen off a cliff. They were they were they were fighting with Tampa right. early in the year, yeah. and they've kind of really petered fought. out. Yeah. Now and then Toronto is twelve back, of so they're right there. Those three are wild card battle there. That NL East battle for two wild card spots basically is what those three are fighting for. 
AL Central, the White Sox are leading this division by 11 games. The White Sox are my my personal. If they can get healthy, they have some injuries right now. I don't know why, but for some reason I have a feeling about this team this year. I always have a feeling about a team going into the playoffs right now for some reason. White I, Sox. I really like the White Sox. Yeah. I like that team a lot. I don't I, I like I just like those guys. They're young. They're got they got Eloy Jimenez back recently from injury. Um and Tim Anderson's hurt right now. I like that kid a lot. Oh, Tim Anderson's good. I like him a lot. And he's he's hurt right now, but it's it's not anything major. He should be back. Um, they have some pitching injuries, but I really like their pitching and bullpen, their starters and bullpen. I like that team if they can get healthy and right for the playoffs to make a run as a dark horse. Um, so they pretty much have the central locked up. Houston looking good, six and a half game lead, like you said. Um, and then in the wild card, like I had already said, the Yankees and Boston are leading the wild card right now. If it were to end right now, that would be the wild card game. So that would be a heck of a game. Yankee, who, Yankees, who was it? Yankees and Red Sox. For a wild for card? For the wild card. Yeah, that'd be The cool. one-game wild card. Yep. <laughs> that would be a highly watched game, big time for sure. Toronto's two games back. So then Houston would have the White Sox. No. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Because Tampa, Tampa would have the winner of the Real wild quick, card. just going back to them, because obviously that's my team. Uh, I just don't think they have the pitching to make any noise in the playoffs. Who's that? Houston. Oh really? Yeah, I just don't. I don't. I mean, they. You're quitty. McCullers is their starters. Uh, Odor Easy's like. Oh, he got. Uh, now there's drama with him. He got yanked in the sixth inning last night. Or no, I'm sorry. He got yanked after 66 pitches, and in his press game or post game press conference, mm-hmm. they asked him about it, and he's like, "Yeah, it's bullshit." Mm-hmm. So. I don't know how if that's going to turn into some sort of drama or what. Right. And then Granky's just Granky. That's just, what I was going to yeah. wonder how he's been this year. He's been good, yeah. but it's uh, you know, he he has outings where he can look untouchable, and then he'll have an outing where he's just getting hammered on. Right. The cool thing about Granky is he's the same person regardless of how he's pitching. Right. I do love him. That guy's that guy's cool. Yeah. And but, the White uh, Sox. The White Sox. They have Lance Lynn and Carlos Rodon have both been really good this yeah. year and that's just houston just doesn't have that one-two punch like they've had in the yeah past. and you uh, you know when they had verlander uh and the teams that make the keichel and they had cole and you the know, teams like, that make those october runs always have a one-two starter punch that yep. they can and i just don't think houston home. has it i mean it's far-fetched at this point to call Granky a strong strong one like right. you could with verlander you yeah. know uh, and anything can happen, but I can see your concern there yeah, for sure. That is that. my concern with them. Yeah, but the years, like they had said, Cole and Verlander and stuff, and, that and they was, lost, and they've lost with those guys. Yeah, before. so who knows? But, the, yeah. but that was when they were able to make a strong push right. when they had those right. guys. Correct. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. They're having I'm, a good I'm, year, even with yeah, they the are. starting pitching. Yeah, and they just got Bregman back, which I don't know if you watched last night's game, but I had a uh, Fandle boost. For Mets and Astros, both the win. Mets handled the Marlins 9-4. Uh, and the Astros are down 4-2, bottom of the ninth. I was just getting out of work, so I just I had it on on my phone. I turned it off. I'm like, a, a, mm-hmm. bet it's a loss. Uh, get home, you know, 10, 10 or so minutes has passed, and I noticed I hadn't got a final score alert on my phone. So I'm like, why is that game still going on? I look. Bregman hit a two-run dinger, tied it up, goes to extra innings, and 
they shut down uh, Mariners top of the tenth, and then Correa hits a walk off double. Guriel scored, and so I ended up winning that uh-huh. thing that the boost that I thought I was like boned on. Right, <laughs> so it was pretty cool. But yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I I love when baseball playoffs get here because that's when me and you go drink beers places and watch right. Astros baseball, and I would a good time. Now I would really like to see. Boston, I mentioned, is plummeting a little bit. Yeah. I would like to see Toronto get in. I think. Me too. Yeah. I, mean, I think a lot I of have, people want to see them. I have if they don't get in the playoffs, that would be a little bit of a disappointment with, the, would. Team, with the team oh, they have. for sure. And, yeah, they... Because I think they could be fun to watch in the playoffs. Same. So, if they get in that wild... That would be a good wild... The Yankees against Toronto. That'd be Not that Red Sox wouldn't, because the Yankees-Red Sox. Yeah, but, but, it's, but I think That Toronto team is just fun to more watch. More flashy. Yeah. Yeah. The same way that San Diego is, kind of in a way. Well, so I'm kind of hoping San Diego just, gets in too. And I've said it a thousand times. I love Toronto's young lineup of right. players that I watched when I was a kid. Right. Biggio, Bo Bichette, right. you know, Dante Bichette's kid, yeah. Vlad Guerrero. Yeah. Like it's just badass that those That's three cool. are on yeah. the same team. Yeah, for sure. And and then San Diego's the other like young up. And, yeah. So sure. like we want to see them get in too. So like those would be. Like San Diego against the Dodgers for the wild card, be, and then like Toronto against nuts. that'd be a great wild card. Yeah, it would. Yeah. So what else we got? Is that it? Um, that's about it. Garrett Cole did get hurt last night. He left to start, Ooh. hamstring injury. So that's that ain't good. That's something to watch for the Yankees. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, there wasn't a ton of big news other than I just kind of wanted to go over where were the standings a lot. If for myself, let alone just everybody no, else. No, I'm glad you did that because it got me caught back up too. Yeah, it kind of gives you because yeah. you kind of lose. Well, we're lose getting, track I mean, we're in, in the middle September, of summer, so yeah, yeah like you this said, is the 20, time I start twenty some hone, games, hone in on it and get yeah. ready for October. Just to, what twenty five? You said about twenty five games. Twenty to twenty. Season, everybody you know? was right around twenty. So to everybody 25. has about four or five series left yeah. uh, in them, and uh, then it'll be on to the playoffs. So. Yep. All right, we're going to take a break. It was a pretty long opening segment, but we had a lot of stuff to talk on. Uh, I don't regret it. We're going to take a break. We'll be back with 10 sports history facts for all you history lovers. Hi, this is Brian Hagberg, and I wanted to take a moment and tell you about our new website, yourdailylocal.com. Your Daily Local is your new home for news, sports, and events in Warren County and beyond. Our goal is to cover the people, places, events, and happenings that matter to you in a variety of ways, including writing, video, and audio. And the best part? All of our content is available for free. Head to yourdailylocal.com to get the news you need when you need it. Let's take a look back at this week in sports history. This week's edition of 10 Sports History Facts is brought to you by Your Daily Local. Visit yourdailylocal.com for the news you need when you need it. We're jumping right in. Feet first with number one. 1906. St. Louis University quarterback Bradbury Robinson... Appropriate name for the time, right? Bradbury. That's not a first name now, right? All right. So Bradbury Robinson throws the first legal forward pass Uh in an American football history. That's pretty cool. 
Uh, now I saw conflicting stories because once the fact that I saw said he threw it, it was a touchdown. But then I Googled it because I was like, I want to read more about this. Uh, in the St. Louis paper, newspaper, they said it was incomplete, but his second one was, oh, and because of the rules then, the incomplete forward pass was like a fumble, so it was a turnover. Yeah. So he couldn't drop shit back in the day. <laughs> Holy shit. And they said it was harder to do because... uh the ball was more like rugby shaped than mm-hmm. it was what it is now. I so was, anyways, that's what I was going to ask is when it like some of the rules behind it. Like he, when, like was it just not even legal to do bef- before, before that? Yeah, it was just a running sport. There was no passes. Right. It would just you, and then at one point they just decided to make it legal forward pass. Yeah, to make a it legal, legal forward pass. Yeah. So. Yeah, it was in 1906 when they decided to do that. Not that there was like a shitload of football played before that. Right. But, uh, so the touchdown pass was thrown to Jack Schneider. St. Louis defeated Carroll College 22 nothing. They went 11 and 0 on the season, outscoring opponents 407 to 11. And from what I read, it was like an aerial assault. <laughs> Nobody knew how to defend it because right. it was brand so new. So new, yeah. Yeah. So it was pretty cool. Imagine football if you weren't allowed to pass. Just be boring. <laughs> just jamming be each other's Isn't heads that what against. Rugby is? Just like hitting your bunch of guys ramming their heads into a wall. Yeah. The whole game. <laughs> <laughs> they think CTE is bad now. Yeah, imagine These that. guys would be walking zombies. <laughs> Number two. 1945. American chess grandmaster... Ruben Fine wins four simultaneous games blindfolded in New York City. <laughs> he had 10 seconds per move. Uh, Who were his opponents? I don't know. <laughs> but he was blindfolded. Like, how did. I don't know if I believe that one. And I didn't look into it more. I should have, but I don't give a fuck about chess enough right. to Google shit about it. Is, Do you know how to play chess? No, I've played I, before. And like I learned once, but I don't remember. Now. I know it was a long time ago. I know how some of the guys are allowed to move and stuff, but I don't really understand it completely. Yeah. Well, this guy beat four people at the same time blindfolded. How's that even possible? Like, I know there's strat. I guess if there's strategy, but don't you need to know what the other person's doing? It helps. But okay. I guess if you're the grandmaster, then you probably don't need to know what anybody else is doing. It's just easy. Yeah, maybe he just played people that like you and me. Who don't know what the hell we're doing, yeah. that, Yeah, because, yeah, I'd bet he could beat me. I'm not going to beat any grandmaster. It's yeah, not, not a fucking chance. Walk my queen right out into the wide open. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Checkmate. <laughs> yeah. One move. Game over. All right. Number three. 1965. Preparing a move to Anaheim. The LA, then LA Angels changed their name to the California Angels. I wish they were still called that. Uh, I always just thought that was cool. And I liked their hats they wore back in the day. But, uh, now they're like the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, uh-huh. which is just fucking dumb. <laughs> Stupid name. Yeah. yeah. Well, the California Angels always reminds me of Angels in the Album. Yeah. Which is a cl- childhood classic. <laughs> right. Christopher Lloyd. <laughs> right. That's, that's, Immediately when I think of California Angels, that's yeah, what I think of. Same. 
Number four. 1966. The Oilers, Houston Oilers, hold the Denver Broncos to no first downs in the week one opening win where the Oilers won the game 45-7. to So I saw no first downs, but they scored, so I had to see how. It was a kick return. So they had no first downs, 26 total yards of offense, Denver Broncos. Nice. Yeah, one passing yard. One. Yikes. <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah. Surprised that game wasn't. Are you sure that wasn't a 1906 game? <laughs> Where they just figured out how to pass it? The square ball? Number five. 1977. The Cleveland Indians staged their first I Hate the Yankees Hanky Night, where they gave out handkerchiefs to the fans to wave in the crowd. I Hate the Yankees Hanky Night. So is that where the terrible towel evolved? Terrible towels for terrible teams, much. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Just lost some viewers. Yep. They'll be back. They'll be back to talk shit when Pittsburgh ends up beating them right. this week. Number six. 1988. Mike Tyson crashes a silver BMW into a tree in Catskills, New York. I just like the random Mike Tyson <laughs> shit. You just have such a speckled past, you know? Always up to something. Number seven. 1993. Penn State University plays their first Big Ten football game, a 38-20 win over Minnesota. I didn't realize it was that, like, I was alive when they went into the Big Ten. Right. I guess I, I didn't even know when the Big either. Ten formed. So. Right, I, yeah, that's true, too. I guess I don't either. Number eight. Staying in 1993, New York Yankees pitcher Jim Abbott no-hits the Indians 4 nothing at Yankee Stadium. Jim Abbott, one hand. It's funny you say that because – the other thing that I was going to say about the California Angels is that... Jim Abbott. Yeah. Yeah, he played for them, too. I was going to say Angels in the outfield and Jim Abbott. Yeah. So, Jim Abbott... <laughs> see these facts? That's just, weird. Your head... Literally was almost You going to need to ride home after <laughs> we're done recording? Not well now? Yeah. That's that's weird. <laughs> so, Jim Abbott... Uh, shout out Brian Campbell, a good friend of mine who was an inspiration... Jim Abbott was like an inspiration to him in the way that he pitched. And I caught Little League brian several times uh so it was really cool uh i saw that fact i wanted to throw that out there because i always admired jim abbott what he overcame to become a professional baseball player is just that's unbelievable it is yeah number nine 1994 1994 tom tupa punter punter cleveland browns scores the first two-point conversion in NFL history. Really? Running a fake extra point attempt for the Browns in a 28-20 win over Cincinnati. So the very first two-point conversion scored in 94. Oh, yeah. I remember Tom Tupa. The only reason I remember him is from playing, like, Madden games. Yeah. yeah. You punt a lot in Madden? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, I just... Suck at that game? For some reason, I just remember a lot of punts. Yeah, no, I remember him. From Madden. Yeah, I remember Tom Tupa from... The same thing, like Madden 95. Like, if it wasn't for Madden, there's no way I would have remembered that guy. No. No, there's, like, a lot of players, a lot of Chargers, old Chargers players, because I used them a lot when I was a kid. Natron Means, Alfred oh, yeah. Papunu. Remember him? <laughs> no. The tight end? 
No. Stan Humphreys. Okay. okay. I remember Humphreys. Last one. Number 10. 1995. White Sox third baseman Robin Ventura hits grand slams in consecutive innings in a 14-3 win over the Rangers. The fourth and fifth inning consecutive grand slams. So my question, was this before or after Nolan Ryan beat the shit out of him? Or is this why Nolan Ryan beat the shit out of him? It was against the Rangers? Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know what year that happened, but right. I mean, it had to have been around that time, 95, somewhere in there. Yeah. So, oh, we're not done. That was number 10. But bonus fact. Remember last week, Mario Lemieux, first player to own the organization he formerly played for? Yes. Second, and only the other one I could find... Nolan Ryan. Oh, really? Owned part of the Rangers. Partial owner. Okay. Partial owner, yeah. Okay. So he's the only other one I could find hmm. that had a stake in his old team. Huh. So Because, I mean, the ones I saw was like Shaq, uh, the Shacramento Kings, uh, Jordan with the Bobcats, which he then changed back to the Hornets, uh, you know, Jeter in Miami. So none of them formerly played for those teams. At least I don't think Shaq ever played for the Kings. Played for everybody else, didn't he? Right. Now, you know the Ventura Grand Slam thing. You know you know there was a guy that hit two in the same inning before, right? No. You didn't know that? Who was that? His son plays in the MLB now. So it's Is it junior? Guerrero. Nope. Tatis. Tatis? Fernando Tatis for the Cardinals hit. Oh. I think it was against the Dodgers. Hit two in the same inning. That's insane. Two grand slams in the same like, What's inning? his chances? <laughs> wow. Yeah, That's like, I, was, well, he, I was blown away by the Ventura thing. Yeah, that is crazy. I I don't even remember that one, but I, I always remember the Tatis one. If we were recording at your house, I'd be the one who'd need to ride home now. <laughs> yep, two in the same inning. Excellent. I think it was after that. I think it was like maybe in the late 90s or early 2000s. Yeah, that would make sense. It's about when he was hacking it up. All right, that's it. For this week in sports history, it's brought to you by Your Daily Local. Visit yourdailylocal.com for the news you need when you need it. We're going to take a break. We'll be back with the things that sting. Hungry? Watching the game? Order some Napoli's Pizza. Voted the best pizza in the Times Observer Reader's Choice every year. Homemade, hand-tossed, delicious hot pizza, stromboli, salads, subs, and so much more. Located in North Warren, come on in or call 814-723-7455 and ask about our specials. Pickup or delivery available, again, that's Things that sting. The worst stories in sports, according to Joe. Hey, everybody, we're back. Things that sting. A few stories to get to today. The four total, I believe. We're going to start off with a follow-up from last week. Bishop Sycamore, uh, the fraudulent football team who claimed to be a high school team, wasn't. There's now more insight on that. 
because their new coach, which I'm guessing was he was well, he was on the staff based off of what I read, was promoted because Leroy Johnson got fired. Uh, so Tyrene Jackson, new head coach, uh, did an interview with I believe it was Fox Eight Ohio, uh, where he came out and said. The simple answer to the question is we do not offer curriculum. We are not a school. That's not what Bishop Sycamore is. This is a quote. And I think that what the biggest misconception about us was, and that was our fault because that was a mistake on paperwork. (laughs) So now they're not a school. Uh, How they're playing schools still doesn't make sense, but apparently it was a mistake on paperwork when they scheduled these teams. Uh, he's also said that he doesn't call it a school. What what Tyrene Jackson calls Bishop Sycamore is a post-grad football academy. So what you're saying is these are not high school kids, but you're playing high school kids, and you're just getting your ass kicked by high school kids. What's the academy called? I, IMG. IMG. I said it right this time. Mm-hmm. Wayne Oaks. Note that. Uh, so they just got their asses kicked by a bunch of high school kids. So these are not high school. They're they're graduates. They're older. And that West Virginia school found out about it. They're the ones who canceled on them. And we talked about that last week. So this is just crazy. So. Like we said last week, too, Ohio Governor Mike DeWine called uh, for a state investigation into Bishop Sycamore. Jackson says he intends to cooperate with the state's investigation. And another quote, he says, I don't have any problem cooperating, letting them know whatever they want to know and things of that nature. That stuff should never have happened the way it happened. I'm willing to take responsibility for it and say that it was a mistake. It's something that shouldn't have been that way. And that's something that I have to address stepping into this role. So, and then that's when he went on to say, like I said, a post-grad football academy. So what's fun is that uh, now whatever this team does, we're going to get to find out about it because people are going to be paying attention. They aren't going to, there's no more under the radar. So who are they going to play against? I don't know. Uh, Maybe there's some peewee leagues. I could use another team because these guys suck. Uh, Sorry. I mean, I don't want to – not that any of their players are ever going to listen to this. But, I mean, I don't know. It just seems like such a terrible idea the entire way around. And, I don't know, we'll just keep watching. I can't wait till they play again. But all their games have been canceled. So they have to, like, remake their whole schedule if they're even going to play again this year. Who's going to want to play them? (laughs) I I mean, if there's another, like, a, I would bet that, because you get these semi-pro teams, like uh, Pittsburgh Colts were a team for a while, Erie Express. Yeah, okay, I should have said what high school teams are going to want to play. Oh, none, I wouldn't think. Right, I wouldn't think so either. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) Prep, prep will roll them up too. Right, exactly. <laughs> we got a few months. We could put together a baseball team if you want. We should. We we could find some opponents. I'm in. We could get uh, Trey White and start a hockey team from the Trey White Goalie Academy. 
Yeah, you can do whatever you want now, apparently, and just play whoever you want. Right. There's no restrictions. Uh, it's a fucking free-for-all. Just go pound the dragons. Yeah. I don't know. They're playing pretty good, too. They'd probably beat Bishop Sigelman. No, I meant baseball. But yeah. Oh, the football. I thought you were talking about the football team. Yeah, yeah we show up with a on. bunch of, like, 25-year-olds. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in. I like this idea. All right, so uh, moving on. We have... The next story we're going to get into, uh, Gonzaga head coach Mark Few pinched for DUI last night. Ooh. Yeah. He was in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, which apparently I read is a popular tourist destination. Had no clue Idaho had tourism. People apparently go there and enjoy it. To look at potato fields? I, it Like... There's like a, a body of water near. I don't know. Uh, I looked at some pictures of it. It's near there. like Montana and stuff. So it's in Utah. And so stuff. hikers. Yeah, probably. I, that's what I. That's the only thing I can imagine. But I don't know. I'm not familiar, familiar yeah. with it. So I, I have a story. A Mark Few story though. A you personal do? story. Scotty, you met Mark Few. Scotty and I rode in the. We went to the. Um, to the final four in Pittsburgh. Um, we went to like there was a first and second round games, okay. and we were in a we were staying in a hotel down there, and we got in an elevator, and he was in the elevator with us. Mark Few Mark was. Few Did was you talk there. to him? No, because we both kind of looked at each other when when we he was in there, and then we were like, I think we were both thinking the same thing, and then he only went down like two floors, and then got out, and then we kept going, and then we both started talking about it afterwards, and we're like, I think that was Mark Few. Did you see him at the bar? <laughs> Apparently he's got some drinking Hotel issues. Bar. Yeah, <laughs> so we have a personal story. That's right. But that is interesting. So, what took place? Uh, police were called to a report of a erratic driver, male driver driving erratically, speeding. Uh, they locate the vehicle, make a traffic stop, uh, several signs of intoxication, and he refused to complete field sobriety testing. So, uh, didn't say why. There's a number of reasons that people refuse, will refuse to yeah. do them. Yeah, they're not all, like, defiant. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It could right. be a leg issue or eyesight's weird, whatever. So uh, he's taken into custody. They do a, didn't say if it was a blood draw or a breath test, but his BAC on two tests, and I'll explain why they do two. Well, at least why I think they do two. I can tell you why we do two samples during breath. So that's actually, I'm going to say it was breath. I'm going to assume, which I don't like to do, but there's two samples given, a 0.119 and a 0.12. So legal limit 0.08. But why they may have done two is because a lot of times they do two and they give you the lower. Whatever the lower is is what you get. Um, So in Pennsylvania, I'm not sure what Idaho law is, but in PA that would be high rate. Uh, the way the rate scale on PA goes is legal limit 0.08 to 0.10 is general impairment. And then you have the high rate, which is 0.10 to 0.16. And then 0.16 and above is highest rate. So if he's in PA, he's getting charged with high rate, which is the second tier of the three. Uh, he did release a statement already uh, where he said, 
Quote, I believe as a leader and role model, I am expected to set only the best example. The decisions I made yesterday do not exemplify this standard, and for that, I sincerely apologize to you all. I recognize that operating a motor vehicle after consuming any amount of alcohol exhibits poor judgment. Uh, he then went on to say, regardless of the outcome of the pending investigation, I will never allow such a lapse in judgment to occur again. Please know that I am committed to learning from this mistake and will work to earn back your trust in me. Uh, Gonzaga or Gonzaga, uh, athletic director, Chris Standelford said, you know, that they're aware of the situation and still being evaluated and they understand its severity and the legal process that will follow. So, uh, seems pretty cut and dry without knowing a whole lot about it. But I mean, they gave the probable cause for the traffic stop. They told you you know, the signs, well, they mentioned that there was signs. They mentioned the results of the test. So, uh, PA first offense, he'd probably be on ARD, which isn't uh, by no means a death sentence. You know, that's like run of the mill standard probation kind of thing. So we'll see what happens with that. I'll, I'll, uh, look into that to see what the dates, uh, if they have dates for court coming up so we can follow along with that and figure out the outcome. Uh, a little darker note for a couple of the next two stories. Uh, former NFL and Alabama player Keith McCants died last week at his Florida home at the age of 53. Uh, the cause of death is a suspected drug overdose. Uh, what had taken place was someone inside the residence who also lived at the residence, didn't say who, uh, called 911 and, and found, you know, him deceased. Uh, McCants was a fourth-round pick in the 1990 NFL Draft by the Tampa Bay Bucks, and he was also an All-American at Alabama. Uh, it also noted that he did have uh, prior drug possession convictions, so something he'd been battling for a while, unfortunately succumbed to, to the battle, and uh, that's where that's at. Uh, lastly, former... NFL wide receiver and three-time Super Bowl winner David Patton died in a motorcycle crash outside of Columbia, South Carolina. Uh, he was 47 years old. According to South Carolina Highway Patrol Lance Corporal Nick Pye, uh, the motorcycle crossed the median, causing a crash with two other cars, uh, and the coroner came to the scene where he was, you know, Patton was identified, pronounced dead. Uh, several NFL, you know, figures speaking out about this Brady Belichick craft, uh, the entire saints organization released a statement, Richard Seymour, Dion branch, who were former other former teammates, uh, saying that he was a devout Christian who started his own ministry. Uh, everybody seems pretty shook about this one. David Patton, uh, from my recollection, solid, consistent, uh, big part of the, of Brady's early Super Bowl runs, for sure. I mean, major contributor. And always seemed to kind of stay out of the limelight as far as any negativity. You know, he's always, uh, he was there and did his thing and went home. So it's a shame. Uh, two players, two former players in, in a week from the NFL family. So that's all I got. For this week on uh, the things that sting, we will take a break. We'll be back with the My Hive mailbag.
Hi, this is Ryan Klein, the host of the new pop culture podcast, Me, Myself, and Rye. You can find me on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and several other platforms. Special guests, breakaway shows, bonus episodes, cold beers, and a whole lot more. So what are you guys and gals waiting for? Subscribe now to the Me, Myself, and Rye podcast on Spotify or wherever it is that you get your shows and start listening today. very own world of sports this week's edition of my hive is powered by swing juice visit swingjuice.com and use promo code beehive20 for 20 percent off your golf and mlb apparel shop swing juice support the beehive sports podcast swing juice wear it feel it play it so we did another mailbag uh had some comments not as many as i was hoping for so hopefully once we you know, start posting some of these kinds of things a little more frequently. We'll get some more feedback, but we had some. Uh, it's game week, so we're going to get into game day traditions. And I wanted to hear what some people do. Uh, I do a few different things. I'll get into those. It's always different. It just depends. I know you work some game days, so yours is probably all over the map. Mm-hmm. Uh, I try to make sure I'm not working, at least when it's, you know, Buffalo game day, whether that be Monday night game or thursday uh until recently i never really had to worry about that because they never got primetime games <laughs> sunday one o'clock pretty standard maybe their one pity thursday night game a year that they would have so gonna get into the comments first uh like i said tell us your game day traditions and uh, we'll be discussing it on this episode uh, so I'll read through some of these and then, uh, we'll talk about our own a little bit, It'll be a quick segment and, uh, we'll get the show wrapped up. So Andy McIntosh was the first person to comment. Andy says, don't have any cause the giants suck. <laughs> That's fair. However, the bills sucked for a really long time and I still had my, my prep, you know, I mean, maybe it was different. It changes. It, it changes, but like it used to be walk the dog, listen to GR, WGR pregame, listen to that, mm-hmm. come home, drink some beers. Um, we'll get into mine though, like I said, here in a little bit. Uh, now, Brian Campbell, his was something that would be relatable to Bills fans as well. Brian's a Browns fan. And he says, ignoring my family, drinking too much, screaming at my TV, and then being in a bad mood for the rest of the day when we lose. <laughs> Familiar. <laughs> Been there. <laughs> a long stretch of years. Uh, so that one I could get on board with. Brian Lastman, his tradition is what mine was when I lived in Erie, which was meet friends at rock and roll before first kickoff, get banged up, but it doesn't seem to help my Cowboys much, but I feel better. <laughs> also fair. Uh, yeah, Rack, I spent a lot of Sunday, football Sundays at Rack and Roll because they had ticket and, you know, seven, eight TVs in there. So you, you had every game. You, we, we sat in a spot. So, uh, Cowboy, the host, uh, me, myself and Rye, he had a sign that went up at the one end of the bar that said Cowboys Red Zone. And if you're sitting in that area, you can see pretty much every TV. 
So it was like perfect because you could watch, you know, multiple games at once. Uh, Roger Strong says he doesn't have much of one now, but he distinctly remembers going to his friend Joe Bees' apartment when he lived in Erie for the better part of two seasons. That was also true prior to when it's when I started going to Rack. We would go to Rack at like four o'clock, but he'd come over. And uh, actually, Roger's like the one who got me into sports betting because there was a game on a Bills game, and he was like cheering for points or something. I think he took an over. And I was like, what are you talking about? I didn't understand. And then I'm I'm almost positive that's like where it went into my brain. Because from that point forward, Sunday mornings, I was going to Country Fair and getting a USA Today because it had the lines in it. Because this is before, you know, internet, it being legal, all of those things. That's how you got, that's how I got the lines in like 2010. Mm-hmm. The newspaper fucking weird bizarre especially now you know what i mean isn't it just weird 10 years later now i can just open an app right i can make my bet don't even have to that's why it was easier for i was when you were talking about the david Patton thing stand under the radar it was easier for guys to stand under the radio radar back then less social media activity yeah no you're right uh kimmy burkholder chicken wings and beer you can't go wrong with that one i mean everybody loves Chicken wing. Well, most people do. Chicken you, wings, chicken wing dip, something. Yeah, something chicken wing. <laughs> so let's talk about yours first. What's What would be okay. your Okay, I probably have like three separate ones, I guess. Right, yeah, I have a handful also. So we'll, Because I've been a Bill's season ticket holder for 10 years. Right. So at the very least, I would have two separate Yeah. when I have a home game and when I have Bill's away game. away game. Right. So but I also, go. like you said, I, I work too. So, right. So sometimes, sometimes. I'm at work. But... Let's so start with you're going to the game. Bill's home game. That's what Bill's I was going to start game. with. Yeah. Okay. So usually, usually we leave the gate. The parking lot's open at nine. So usually we try to leave around seven. If I'm not mistaken, is usually what we do. Try to get there right when they, the gates open. Right. So we rotate who drives. Usually it's like me, Kyle, and Justin. Kyle Hellman, Justin Frederoski, and then and Tim, then Tim, Sam, and, and his Bruce, and Bruce ride up to ride that. together. And uh, we usually stop it in Fredonia at Country Fair almost every time. <laughs> yeah, that's that's like a, that's a ritual. Yeah, and then and because it's like halfway, you go to the bathroom, grab a little breakfast or something, yeah. or whatever, coffee, whatever, and then and then we go the rest, get on the interstate there, and go the rest of the way to the game, and we start our tailgate. You you know, we usually rotate who brings tailgate stuff. I always kind of feel a little bad. It seems like Tim and those guys do do more for the tailgate than yeah. we do. Food we wise. probably owe them over the years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, um, I mean they always bring all the stuff. They yeah. bring the grill and everything. And well, like, <laughs> and uh, his mom always sends up something stuff, too. Yeah. She's always and we always stuff. do something different every yeah. time, and, and that's always fun. We always tailgate, play some cornhole, whatever, and then we go into the game and you know enjoy the game. And, yeah. So and, what about when they're away and you're not working? And away and not working. There's a handful of different mm-hmm. things. I would say majority of the time, I like to be comfortable on my couch. I have two TVs in my basement. Um, and I like to usually put the red zone on top. And then I'll usually have the Bills game or pick a game on the bottom, like previous channel, a couple games or something. And then have a red zone on the top one. And 
And usually order some Napoli's pizza. Excellent. Good choice. <laughs> yep. So I, a lot, something like that. You know what I mean? And, and invite people over if they want to come over. But I, I really enjoy being comfortable at home watching the game if I, if I am around. Sometimes I'll go down to the Elks Club. Yeah. I've, that's Watch probably my there. top two things I do. Yeah. Is I'll go it maybe go down to the Elks. So yeah, I I have a few different ones. Uh not a season ticket holder. I usually go to like one game a year. Uh, and we usually end up making our way over to your guys' tailgate. Mm-hmm. Uh was a season ticket holder. I have been before. Mm-hmm. So I think I've I have the majority of my ticket stubs, and I think I'm in like the high eighties for how many games I've been to, mm-hmm. which is pretty good. Uh I was only a season ticket holder, I think three years. Uh but so obviously the Beehive is where I watch all of my games because I have the three TV setup, NFL ticket. So same thing. Find a, you know, the Bills will get the main screen with sound. This is if we're at a Sunday one o'clock. So like using this Sunday, for example, actually the Sunday is a bad example because week one, I always do the opening tailgate party, uh, where we pop the garage door, grill out. Uh, we start at 11 a.m. People start showing up, you know, and, uh, we watch, you know, turn on three games of interest and bills get sound. The other two will be muted, of course. And, uh, that's kind of just how that goes. Um, on days that I'm game days, I'm not having people over. Uh, what I started doing last year that I liked was at as soon as, cause I play flag football Sunday mornings, which starts this week also. Uh, so I'll do my flag football game. I'll come home and shower. <coughs> Excuse me. And then uh, what I did last year, a good handful of times that I liked was I'd go to the Elks. And that's when I'd sit there at the bar with my phone and I'd start looking through my betting stuff for the day. I'd start looking through my fantasy football. And it, there's not a lot of people there, you know, around 11-ish. So like it's pretty quiet. That, yeah. So it was nice. You know, I could just sit there, enjoy a beer and go through my stuff uh, to figure out for the day fantasy and betting. And then, uh, but, but it... When the uh, playoffs rolled around last year, actually it was before the playoffs, it was a, I think the very first time was, I can't remember which came first, Niners or Patriots game last year. Niners was first, I think. I think, whichever. So, whichever game was first, I don't know. It was Niners or Patriots. It was a primetime game. And I don't know why, but I was like inspired. It was cold out. And I bundled up. I went out to the fire pit. I built a fire. And next thing I know, you know, people who would normally come over for the games and stuff were like, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I'm just standing by a fire. And they're like, really? It's December. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> standing by a fire. So they bundled up and came over too. Well, I, that tradition kind of carried over into the playoffs from the end of the regular season to the playoffs. And next thing I know, Tim and Sam are sitting by the fire with me. Kyle Gray's sitting by the fire with me. Uh, California and Jimmy Justice and those guys came over one before one game. And yeah, we just sat around a fire and listened to pregame radio and, and drank beers. And it was, uh, I kind of, I think that that's probably going to kick back in here this season. Uh, when we get to the colder weather. I was going to say once it's, yeah, cause I just like cool enough to have a fire. Yeah. It was just, it was a lot of fun. Uh, just standing out there listening to pregame and bullshitting about games and, so that's probably what. Well, I'm that's gonna... one thing, honestly. 
it's cool that you do that. I think it's that's really cool too. I remember you got you sending the picture ever yeah to us in our group. Matt. Yeah, of all of us, you standing by the fire holding your beard. Yeah, and, and <laughs> yeah, it was just different. Yeah, and, it, was, and it, it brought a little bit of like a tailgating, cold weather, mm-hmm. you know, atmosphere to it. And, but for our for the Bills home games, obviously last year we didn't get to go. Right, but the year before. I started telling those guys, I want to get a fire ring to take up there because some people do do that in the yeah. parking lot up there. Yeah, build a and fire. And that's one thing that well, we've never done. I mean, and I was, I'm, I'm like, once these colder games start, it would, that, it would be nice to have a fire. What about the snow game? What? The Colts? Remember yeah. the Colts? Yeah. You were at that with me, weren't you? No, I didn't go. You to didn't that go one. to that one. Maybe I took your ticket. You might have taken Or I took Bruce's ticket. ticket. Yeah. I can't remember. But, but yeah, yeah, it was me, uh, Tim, Sam, Cody Bupp. I thought the rest of the crew came up. I can't remember. But I do know that the Bills are 2-0 and when you and I are at the game together. I know we went to the Niners one. Niners game, where that was when Kaepernick was... He got benched in that game. I yeah, think. and it was when he was doing his kneeling thing and everybody was pissed about it because the whole stadium sang the national anthem like louder than I've ever heard it. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, cold weather. That, what I was getting at with the Colts game is that would have been a perfect game to have a fire ring at because we were standing in the parking there's lot. There's lots of them up there. Was, oh, there's tons, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're perfect for it. And I think it, it pretty much, once November hits, I mean, yeah. you could pretty much have one every time. But yeah. It's, yeah, and it, and I've, I, yeah, I told those guys I, I'd like to get a nice fire ring that we could take up every week and yeah. once it starts. And, yeah, so that would make it more comfortable. Because sometimes, honestly, towards the end of the year, and and honestly, the last couple years, I've we've started going up later because yeah. when the weather gets nasty. Oh yeah, you but if you had a little fire shit. to sit around, it, right. it might be different. Might make it a little better, better. To more be, tolerable. Yeah, yeah, and I might I might be more apt to to go early. Still. Yeah, yeah, and then like as far as food goes, I'm pretty much the same. It's usually Napoli's pizza every Sunday. Uh, I did get like the coolest gift, Christmas gift I've gotten in a long time. Is my sister got me. Uh, hot dog roller. Yep. And I, I, yeah, so that's up on the bar. And I usually will go up to the train station, get some Texas hot sauce, and I throw those on there and let them roll because it's nice because they can just sit on there and stay warm. And then whenever you're hungry, you just go over and grab one. But, yep. uh, this week, like for the opening tailgate, that's when we have like a whole shitload of food. I'm doing sma- venison smash burgers on the grill. Uh, and, you know, we have, people bring in whatever they bring and so that's it that's uh yeah that'd be my tradition i just wanted to hear what some other people had to say i was hoping like i said that we get some more feedback on that one because i know a lot of people have their like their things you know that's game day mm-hmm. you gotta do this yeah as like, i'm as i'm a big fantasy guy the red zone is crucial for me yeah and i like having that on and i'm usually on my phone the whole time like checking my fantasy. yeah i usually because i always stand well if you watch the live video then you saw kind of like the inside of the beehive a little bit you couldn't see the tvs because they're on the other side of the breakfast bar that would be behind us during the recording and that's where i sit i have a bar stool i sit right there and that way i have a clear view of all three tvs and you know when i get i don't have to stand up like to get worked up because I'm already standing. So I can just, and then the fridge is right behind me, which is clutch for, Crucial. The, for the bush lights. Yeah. All right. Hey, that's it for this week. Uh, stick around for closing. We'll wrap this up. Thanks for listening.
Hey everyone, thanks again for listening. Really appreciate all of you guys. I uh, want to give a shout out to the sponsor, SwingJuice.com. Use promo code BEHIVE20, 20% off your order. Jones Pest Control, your daily local, Napoli Pizza, and the Me, Myself, and Ride podcast. Again, thank everybody. I uh, hope you enjoyed the live, Facebook Live, if you were able to tune in. Uh, I know. Wednesday mornings are not ideal because people are working and, and all that, but hopefully, uh, you know, the times will rotate around. We'll be announcing, you know, when we're going to do it and everything. So hopefully you can tune in in the future or just rewatch it. And, uh, hopefully the bets work out for some people. All right. That'll be it until next week. Everybody enjoy NFL week one. Hopefully your team wins unless you are a Steeler fan. Till then. Take care, be safe.